0: We're off. We're off. We're running again. We've
1: got a whole new uh, setup here. It's a Craig. whole new bag, it's baby. It's almost uh, professional. Holy I'm sure it is cow. if we knew how to run it.
0: Yes. But, uh, so we have got new podcast equipment. We apologize we didn't push out on Friday. Um, the podcast equipment that we always use, it was gone. So the, the, guy, the guy that owns the, the, the it guy that, stole the it from the us. The guy that owns it decided it to us. use it. It's us. selfish. <laughs> selfish, Wally. So we uh, we're here. We got we got little. We got all kinds of stuff. We can you know we can cheer.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> going I mean, we can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, but we're back. It's two misfits and a carpenter back at you. This is episode. Who knows? Bro. Who knows? I'm not
1: sure. I'm, I'm really confused at this point. We just we just keep rolling. But we are a little bit more techy today. We look uh, we look good. We look professional. We still suck personally, <laughs> but the equipment is pretty cool. But the equipment's yeah. good stuff.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so, uh, Sean, your boy, uh, tell us about the football. We talked a little bit about that last episode, but kid's been doing
1: good. Yeah, he's, he's doing good. He's, uh, you know, the Higley game that was defending state champions, that, that wasn't so good. Uh, but they've been playing really hard. Won the homecoming on Friday night, so that was really good for the kids. And they go on the road the next three weeks against uh, some very good football teams to play Highland, which is Six A 6A state champion who wow. defeated Basha last week, who was ranked 13th nationally. Wow! And yeah, so, so this ain't no so, joke. No, this ain't no joke. This, no, this ain't, this ain't, no this joke, ain't Montana ball. No, this <laughs> isn't. This isn't classy Sanford against you know <laughs> so Sims. Boulder High, yeah. my old my old squad. No, no. <laughs> no, that's cool. And he's a sophomore. He's a junior rolling. actually. Our junior, yeah, I'm sorry, junior, and uh, you know it's it's kind of a neat thing the and they're good kids. These kids on this team, boy, they could be. Up by thirty or down by thirty, and they're fighting and clawing and kicking and screaming and giving a great effort. So it's really good. That's good what to see that. that's what it's all about, right? Yep, there. absolutely.
0: Well, I was I was thinking on the way over. I, I had a few different conversations. You know, I, it's funny. I, most of these podcasts for me, when I'm when I'm talking about the things on my heart, is like my interactions with people during the week. You mm-hmm. know, asking them different things, talking to different people in the club or wherever it's at. Um, but again, talking to a guy about his belief in God and where that kind of stemmed is that you know there's this belief in God a, a lot of people feel this way but not so much in Jesus you know, I get, yeah. I get more and more of that where it's like you know Jesus is cool Jesus is all right but you know I, I believe in God I believe in this but you yeah. know I, I'm just not real sure on that like that whole Jesus thing. Jesus thing yeah. and so I, I started thinking more about that in my olden day you know experience when I first came around and I I said this before in podcasts I really didn't have a real firm belief in Christ Um, I didn't understand why he had to do what he had to do Mm -hmm. because I really thought that Christianity was about me doing good things right so where did it really come in play like okay I can see that you forgave me that's great now that i'm forgiven from the things i guess you know when i stole when i was a little kid or i you know did something Mm -hmm. wrong but now that i'm forgiven like what else do i really need jesus yeah like i'm good to go now i'm just going to not grind it out yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to out. i'm just going to be you know really good at my sin management and i'm just not going to do anything any longer yeah that doesn't last too long no no i think that for me lasted it was a, a a couple of years at best that was me just grinding uh, and, and miserable oh, two years right just yeah. just like i did it again i did it again yeah. i can't do this how am i i, I can't i can't not sin how yeah. i mean i did it again and again and yeah. again pretty exhausting it's so no exhausting. assurance nothing yeah. and, and it's and it and then with after a while i kind of came to this realization where it was like holy cow like okay jesus i'm starting to understand a little bit the importance of what you did yeah I'm starting to understand that you continually forgive me and you continue, without your sacrifice, I, I'm toast. Yeah, I'm toast. Yeah. And people still really struggle with that. They mm-hmm. still really struggle with the whole idea that, again, that this isn't just sin management.
1: You yeah, know? you know, that's, and, and we struggle with it because of the fall, which led to, you know, our focus on ourselves and our own righteousness, our own self we can do it uh, you know we want skin in the game we want to be able to save ourselves and um, so we struggle with that you know my, my wife is working or talking to a friend of hers who's really searching right now and she did a really good job you know going over uh, christianity because many people that are searching right now they have a very warped view of what christianity is so she's trying to be able to weave through all the nonsense and false gospels that are out there to get to the true gospel and uh, Jesus, uh, you know, saving them on the cross for them. And she was like, Yeah, I'm just going to be a Buddha. I think. Because <laughs> you, you can control that, right? Yeah. You, you can control. And that's why <clears throat> you have fundamental Christianity and why the law is so addictive to people, because we think we can control it. But what we, we really do is we just lower it so we can actually, you know, we lower the hurdle low enough that we can jump over it. And we right. still can't jump over that. Uh, but if you look at just how high that law is, you you would know your need for a savior, which was done for us through yeah. Christ.
0: Yeah, It's you know it's just crazy where I don't know where the well. I think it just takes obviously a lot of of good folks around you, good teaching. Yeah. You know, a good congregation that's that's actually you know, preaching the gospel. Yeah. But it's amazing when that when that grace comes, kind of pouring in how again like we've talked about so much that this this freedom and this and this sense of joy yeah sense of happiness kind of and relief yeah it starts coming in and and uh so i I think that you know the the believers that have this this god sense is great but without christ and and that poses the question which which so many people continue to ask me as well is so craig do you think that if you do not believe in jesus you're never going to go to heaven you know and we've we've talked about that many mm-hmm. times and and the answer obviously is is it's kind of like a cure you know like like a cure for a disease a cure for something mm-hmm. you know w- when you have a cure for a cancer or, you know you have a cure for an ailment you have a cure for something or an antidote if you will yeah. Everybody's trying to do other things, but there's really only one thing that they've found that can work on that particular disease or that particular ailment. When it comes to sin, there's there's only one thing that Mm -hmm. can cure sin. And I think people don't understand that it's not God, it's not nature, it's not a waterfall, it's not your time looking at the stars. Mm -hmm. There's only one thing that cures sin, and that's Jesus. Yeah and so if you don't have that cure then how can you yeah how you, can you
1: know i i think we we see it um and especially today uh, with a lot of the false teachers out there there's many ways to god that's just your path greg right this is my path right. um, as long as you're a good person there's many paths to it the bible's very clear there is any there is not any good people out there uh, we don't like that right away right. we don't like that's like i am a good um so i think you know jesus is very clear when he said nobody gets to the father but through me so the question a lot of people right now even atheists have a hard time uh denying the fact that there is a man named jesus who walked the earth Uh, there's so much evidence uh, that that's dutch true uh through writers that uh were outside the bible who were historians josephine is is a, a big one he talked about that even in uh pontius pilate's uh Letters back to Rome, he talked about seeing Jesus before he was put on trial in front of him. Um, So there's that, obviously there was a man named Jesus. He walked the earth, and he caused quite a commotion while he was there. Here's the question for everybody that they have to ask. Was he who he, he said he was? That's really the only question on Jesus. We can debate a lot of different things about Jesus, but if he was truly who he said he was, then he has to be reckoned. Um, you know, if you, I think I've said this in a podcast before, if, uh, there's some re- Christian reporters that um, go over to Tel Aviv or Jerusalem and they interview just citizens walking down the street mm-hmm. and they ask about Jesus, uh, Yeshua. And many of them, some won't talk to them, they get very irate. Others are like, oh, he was a good man, he was a good man, good prophet, good man, you know. And then others would say, well, he just started his own religion. Okay, that, that's it. He just, he's a guy who started his own religion. If you study the Torah, if you study the Old Testament, everything points to Jesus. It points to the Messiah. Everything points to it. He's the better everything. But if you look at Isaiah 53, which, by the way, they do not read in the tabernacle. Uh, that, and they've actually met with these people. And, uh, do you? How about Isaiah 53? And, like, we're not familiar with that. Isn't that crazy? And so they go over it with them. They start reading it. And they go, so who does that sound like? And they say it. Nine out of ten people say That's Yeshua. Yeah, why don't you guys say that in the tabernacle? Why don't you say it in the synagogue anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Our our rabbis don't. They they just skip over that. They don't. They you know we're quizzed to death on the rest of it, but they skip that chapter, and it to a T outlines Messiah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. And we've been talking so much last week. If you guys tuned in about you know eating different things and you know the Old Testament and kind of the old covenant that we had. You know when it comes to the things that people had to do um, to get right with God, and for our day and age it's amazing because we do have this this jesus who who made it so much easier, so much better, so much i mean it, it it's a gift obviously from God to have him send his one and only son here as this sacrifice for us because it's right there it's we don't have to go and do the things that needed to be done prior to get close to god it's right there instantly we can have communion with god we can have a relationship and a personal one that before you could have but it was a lot more of a strenuous process yeah and it was also
1: to uh, it was brought the bible says to increase the transgressions so the law um you know we, we we as human beings I, we don't like being told what to do okay it's why we have problems when we're raising our kids and so don't touch that and what do you want to do is touch that Paul says I didn't know what it meant to not covet until I was told not to covet mm-hmm. um, that's what the law does it's meant to increase the transgressions based on our condition uh, as sinners to be able to show us our need for a savior so when we try to which is laughable for me now All of us still try to do it when we try to make ourselves righteous through our own actions through the law it actually keeps condemnation on us um so it's like saying hey here's here's the excedrin for your headache okay it's going to take care of everything i'm not we're not being sponsored by excedrin but let's just say it's a headache or something and you go yeah you know i'm gonna use all these other things and it increases your pain and the longevity of your headache and so forth when it cures right there um and it it's because you, you have the headache. That is your condition. And there's only one condition to death, and that's life, and that's Christ. He gives us life through his blood, through his sacrifice, through his actions. And our actions actually heap condemnation on ourselves because we are trusting in something that can't save us. Yes.
0: And we've gotten it wrong for so long. I mean, I look back, and again, I just, not everybody's had that experience of, of having it so wrong and now being able to feel you know, the, the difference. Um, Tolian, do we have that quote from him that he just put, which is a such a great one as well, um, but basically saying that he had to go through so much of what he went through to finally kind of understand, you know, what what, what all this means. And, and again, for me in my life, if I wouldn't have got ultra-religious, if I wouldn't have got in that church where, you know, it was – building fences around sin in people's lives, which means it was just people that were so regulated on making sure that you didn't do anything bad. Um, It would have taken me a long, long time to, well, it did take me a long, long time to finally get spit out the other end to a place where I am now just so grateful for Christ. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that before. No. Do you have that? that I don't know if I have Tolians. I
1: have um... birds birds yeah read that uh, thing, cause it's, that talks about our freedom in christ there's one that i was looking at um, uh, the day before by walther who was a lutheran theologian i like to read that a yeah. little bit but it says um, the main the main thing to tell a person when you explain how to become a righteous is to announce to him for free grace of god concealing nothing saying none other than what god says in the gospel build a fence around Mount Sinai thats where they, we delivered the law right with Moses but not around Calvary because at Calvary all God's wrath was appeased so again he's talking how do you make yourself righteous go to the cross right yeah put all that other stuff away Galatians uh, 3 11 and 12 a precious text a person becomes righteous in the sight of God by faith alone what conclusion can we draw from this the law cannot make any person righteous because It has nothing to say about justifying and saving faith. That information is found in the gospel and only in the gospel. In other words, the law has nothing to say about grace. So faith through grace, through Jesus Christ, this is a gift, it's not something we earn. So the law was sent to increase our transgressions, push us to the grace and the mercy of Christ and our need for Christ. If we think we can do this, we don't need Christ. One of the problems we have, I feel, in my own opinion, especially the Western church is this incredible focus on the Christian instead of what Christ has done for you. It's why it's so important we need to hear that every Sunday and be reminded of that because we have a war between our spirit and flesh. And the flesh wants nothing other than to take the glory, take the credit, earn it. And the gospel says something other than that, which means you can't, it's not yours, it's mine. And it's given to you. And the whole thing about sanctification Learning is, is learning how to be free in Christ, resting in what he's done for you. That is what it means to be sanctified, And Amen. trusting in his promises for you and not you to try to earn anything.
0: Amen. No, oh, this is the finally final <clears throat> one from Tollyan that I was talking about. It says, when I was at my absolute worst and most desperate, lost, confused, bitter, angry, my friend, um, Mr. Paul, said something to me I'll never forget. The purpose behind the suffering you're going through is to kick you into a new freedom from false definitions of who you are.
1: Yeah, so that, Paul Zoll, mm-hmm. who is uh, Episcopalian, he has a, a ministry called Mockingbird. Very wise man. I think that's well put.
0: You know? Yeah, to me that just it hits home so much. Again, like. The purpose behind the suffering that you're going through is to kick you into a new freedom from false definitions of who you are. I think what that means is, you know, again, when we go through these times, sometimes our interpretation of God and the guilt that we feel, the shame that we feel, all the things that, that we're feeling, they're not from God. Right. It's the interpretations, it's the teachings, it's the things that we've been taught as we've gone up that this is what you know god's thumb is on you you did wrong sean you did these things mm-hmm. and until you go through those hardships and until you get spit out the other side and you, like you said the purpose behind the suffering is to kick you into a new freedom from false definitions of who you are yeah and i i so believe that i know that's so true in my life it still today i find myself So often, going back into this idea that I have to perform Mm -hmm. all the time, yeah, constantly. And when I don't perform, I have to remember, just like he's saying, like, dude, that's not what God wants from you. And it kicks me out into that freedom he's talking about, into a place where I say, you know what, I don't have to do those things because that's not dependent on God's love for me,
1: or at least. The success or failure based on me doing anything does not rest on me being approved by God. Christ, why I'm approved by God. Um, our identity is Christ. So you know, as, as a typical fallen human, you know, if the real estate market's not doing very well, I'm not doing very well, and I start doubting. You know, if you just would sort have of worked harder, harder, this guy's doing well. Why aren't you? Why aren't? Same thing with athletics. A uh, husband, uh, being Everything. a son, whatever it may Everything. be. Um, relationships <clears throat> we look at it and the the accuser is constantly reminding us how we have are not cutting it we're just not cutting it nope. and that's the accuser and you know i think um Tolian emphasized in things when when you that's why it's so important when we go to church every sunday we are getting the goods okay right. we're getting christ for us right all right there's something about that when you're hearing that what Christ has done for you. People, come, we're coming in battered. Every Sunday we're coming in battered from the week, uh, and the accuser roars, okay, of of why we shouldn't Christ. You know, Christ isn't for you. Oh yeah, well he's for those guys, but not you, Craig. I mean, come on. You see Tuesday? Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Tuesday. Yep. Let me remind you about Tuesday. Yep. You're so, not. You can't get close. There's, there's not, no yeah, you're way. Not, you're not. Gonna, you're not you God way. doesn't love you anymore. It may not even be yours. So we have to, what do we rely on at that time? Do we rely on just trying harder and doing better, or do we rely on the promises Christ has for us? Do we rely on that? I was looking at this thing on forgiveness this week, Craig. And uh, I, uh, in Matthew, uh, after the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking about forgive those who transgress against you as we have you know, forgiven those, right. as they have forgiven us. And Peter, <clears throat> oh, I love Peter. Peter's like well, um, how much should we forgive somebody? Seven times? And the reason he said that was that in the Jewish tradition and and culture and law, Amos, I think it is, and in Job, Amos 2, 4, something like that, and then Job, I can't remember the verses, but it talks about forgiving somebody three times. The the whole point of that was that you forgive them over and over again. So they make that a law, of course, right? That's what we do. We have a checklist, those type of things with it. I just want to read this for a minute because it shows a little bit what yeah. what we get into is is what they're saying and so peter trying to make a point okay uh, and probably trying to get a one-upsman here he's like <laughs> everybody knows it's three okay so seven right double this thing double down and um peter asked that and peter had more than doubled the jewish practice of pardoning someone Amos 2, six, Job 33.29, if you want to look that up. But Jesus um, famously replied, replied not seven, but 70, 70 times seven. Uh, some translations even say, yeah, 70, 77, right? The point is not to get fixed on a specific number, a checklist, or a scorecard, as Peter was doing. So what it is, we were encountered that back in, in Genesis, where it talks about, in other words, it means infinite. Okay, essentially, to all extent, you you forgive. So we we are, when we start talking about the law and our, our performance and stuff, we try to, the only way we can do it is we compete against each other. So what we do is we lower the law, all right? Instead of being perfect, we lower it so we can keep it. But we don't lower it so we can keep it enough to get in heaven just so it's better than you. And then we fall into a pagan religion of I'm doing good. I'm a good person. Look at the effort I put in. Yes, I wasn't perfect, but God's going to recognize that I tried. And that's many Christians fall into that trap. And, and it is a trap, and it, it smells of smoke, and it comes right from Satan. Because what it does is it takes your eyes off Christ and what he's done for you and his promises securing you and puts them right back on you, which, of course, we, we can't do. And
0: I think the thing, too, it, and the Bible talks about it, is, is sin definitely has a, a way of hardening Hardening our hearts, sure. and that's, that's a warning, uh, you know, that, that continual sin does have a way of hardening that. And what I mean by that is you guys out there, and I know I feel this you know, this way obviously a lot, but when we sin, it's kind of like, man, I did it again. And that guilt and that shame and that accuser comes in and tells us again that, you know, you're a failure. You're not anything. You're not anything, You're not worthy. And what happens is we get down and out. We, we think that we're far from God. We think that he can't forgive us because, uh, you know, I just asked him last week to forgive me for the exact same thing, and here I did it again and then again mm-hmm. and then again. And I, I, what happens after a while is if you, don't, if you don't go to God and you don't speak to him, confess, talk to your brother, or whatever the case is, as time goes on I think you do become hardened And I know in my life if I go weeks on end I don't want to talk to people I don't want to be around people I don't want to go to church I don't want to talk hide, to my brother right? I do I want to go just, and just I wanna... like Adam and Eve did just, in the garden so right? just it you want to go and you want to hide yeah and for you guys out there listening maybe there's a few of you out there that have had this continual sin in your life and because of it you haven't been going to church you haven't been reading your Bible, you haven't been praying, because it's like, what's the use? If I ask God, I feel like a complete hypocrite because I'm just going to do it again at some point, and I'm just so tired of struggling with this. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. When we're talking about there is a continual forgiveness in Christ, and when you do turn to him, even in that sin, you'll immediately start feeling... That heart soft yeah that heart will start becoming one of flesh and not of stone as it talks about and you'll start getting closer to God and working towards these things so I've been feeling you know some of those things in my life where if I am in sin I feel distant and speaking on that like it's something that you have to really dive back into just to you know whether it's prayer whether it's your friend whether it's whatever the case is but I guess the point here is, is in Christ, nothing can take you from that. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing yeah, I, can blot you out. Nothing is going to, gonna, you know, and you can be close to God again, no matter what's going yeah. on in your life, just simply through Jesus.
1: I, I think we, we have this false paradigm that if we're in sin. You know, our natural inclination is, is to get away from everybody. Okay, because, number one, you think everybody knows, right? You think... Are we doing time, Craig?
0: I think we're getting close to okay. it
1: Okay. So I think the false paradigm is that, well, now that I've sinned, I'm away from God. And our identity isn't what we do. It's what Christ has done for us, which means when we're baptized into Christ, when we're in Christ, he's not mad, okay? You can't get any closer than God. He's not, Jesus didn't come to make you a non-sinner. He came to make you dead and alive again in his non so we have to get our paradigm straight here, I, I believe. Amen. So anyway. Amen.
0: No, I, uh, I'm i just looking at our new equipment, probably freaking Sean out a little bit as my little timer's <laughs> going
1: over it. But uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, you guys will, um, thank you for tuning in again. Yeah. And we're kind of, we're, we're just getting all this little stuff down and out here. What do we got? Let's do some awesome. Ooh. Awesome. We got all kinds of stuff. We got, we got some... Uh, Anyway, we love you guys. Uh, We're gonna continue to mess around with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. uh, See if we can get get a theme song
1: going before we go. uh,
0: Heck yeah! Yeah, we'll see you guys next time around. All right, peace. Peace out.